0: Today's reading is from Titus 3, verses 9 through 15. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you,
1: Alright, good morning. It's really good to see you all this morning. My name's Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson. Um, By way of introduction, if you've never heard me preach before or you're new or somehow forgot, I want to give you a heads up. I have a speech impediment, so I just want to make sure you're aware of that so you're not kind of confused as uh, as we go. Um, And how about this air conditioner, huh? Novel idea, yes. We are thanking the Lord this morning. If you were here last week, you know what we're talking about. We were sweating it out here. Um, it was really hot. So uh, thank the Lord for TUSD, for our hosts here at Saffron School. We're just excited to, uh, to to work and to partner with the school here. And um, as was said earlier, um, summer in Tucson looks a little bit different um, our friends at Redemption Flagstaff will sometimes say, like, we love the summer, it's, an ama- it's our favorite time of the year, and the college students leave, and, and all these other people flood into Flagstaff to spend the summer in Flagstaff, and um, the first part of that equation is true. Uh, a lot of our students leave throughout the summer, but not a lot of people flood in um, to come in vacation, if you will, here throughout the summer. Um, but... The heart is still true. We love the summer here. Uh, Last summer was our first summer as a church since we uh, planted. We planted in September of uh, 2014. And so this is our second summer. And um, we're praying that the same would be true this summer. That though our numbers kind of as a whole, typically on Sunday morning, look a little bit different. um, We're just praying this is a really good time for us. Really, this is where we grow in our age and, um, you know, some older people, some people who actually pay taxes here in Tucson uh, and come here, uh, who, who actually start to come throughout the summer. But we just love it because we can do some things that we can't do throughout the, the normal part of the year, that, that we, can, we can have some kind of church-wide events. We can grow in our community, and we can do some things. So, again, uh, look out for that stuff. That information will be c- coming um next week and throughout the week and um well, we have a lot going on this summer and so we're excited for it for what we have coming up and again if you're new we're really glad you're here if you're new to town fill out one of those connect cards we want to get to know you we want to um welcome you to C- tucson and um also before we get into our sermon i have another really exciting thing to let you be aware of it's um it's incredible tool called Right Now M-m-m-m-m-m-m-m- Media. And we're not trying to sell you on anything because we've already bought it for you. And so um, here's the deal. If you're in our database, okay, you get our the email that comes out every week that's sent out kind of what where we're at, where we're headed, what's going on in the church. If you're already in our database and you will be getting an invitation today to Right Now media it's not spam okay we paid for it so it's not spam it is a gift to you it's a library um essentially an online library with tons and tons of resources to help equip you to live all of life all for jesus right that's what we're all about here at redemption church is to live all of life all for jesus and um as as we've seen walking through the book of titus right it's the knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness which accords with godly living or as we looked at the last few weeks that we're saved by grace by god's undeserved favor to empower us to live for good works and and these things right if you just read books and watch a bunch of videos those in and of themselves um, won't just lead to godliness and godly living but man it sure helps you know, if your heart's in the right place, it can sure be helpful to, to, to read about parenting and finances and vocation and to watch different different videos and things that, that can help spur you on in that. So again, I can't stress, um, this is a gift to you. We love you, and I encourage you to use this. So if you don't get that email, that might be in like, oh shoot, moment for you. Maybe I'm not, my email is not in the church's database. If that's the case, shoot us an email fill out a connection card we want to get you in the database and get you that uh, that free membership free to you in uh, right now Me- media okay amen Sound good all right so again go there not spam really good tool um, one of the many many blessings about being a part of uh, Redemption church as a whole and so um, now let's go ahead and get into it together if you have a Bible or an app uh, with you go ahead and turn to Titus chapter 3. We're in uh, verses 9 through 15. This is our last sermon in Titus together. If you don't have a Bible, go ahead and hold your hand up high. Slip it up high, and somebody will get you one. Tambien, si quieres la Biblia en español, levanta su mano y diga español. Okay, we want to make sure that um, everyone has a Bible they can read and understand in their own language. And if you don't own a Bible, this is our gift to you. All right, keep it, put your name in it, underline stuff. We want everybody to have a Bible. We believe it's God's word. It's the power to inform and transform those of us who are called by the name of Jesus to submit to him in all of life. So now uh, let me go ahead and pray for us as we get into our our sermon together. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for this morning. Um, Lord, we need you. We are here um, desperate. For change. Uh, Lord, even this morning, already having conversations where um, I'm reminded that life is not the way it's supposed to be, that apart from Jesus, um, we're broken and we're desperate. Lord, that sin has affected and infected every facet of human life individually, communally, societally, in our families, in our marriages. Lord, help us this morning to connect the dots to the good news of Jesus. And how that's to be uh, lived out in every aspect of life. So um, we, we submit to you. Thank you for this time we've spent in Titus. Thank you that, uh, that, that you say that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. So Lord, we agree that uh, we come expecting for you to work in us and then through us. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so again, this morning is our last Time in Titus, Um, we usually say turn to your neighbor and say welcome to the, the, uh, the next chapter as we go along. We love going through books of the Bible. I don't know, you can turn to your neighbor and say peace out. Titus, I don't know what you want to say to your neighbor, but this is our last time in Titus, and um, it's been a really good time. Uh, where we're going from here is um, starting next week, we're going to start an introduction into the Psalms, and uh, we're going to be looking at that and kind of to set the tone for where we'll be throughout the entire summer. We'll be in the Psalms, and we'll be look, not walking through every single one, but we'll be um, hunkering down in different Psalms, and they, and they were written differently with a different purpose, some are adoration, some are lament, some are anguish and prayer. And so we're going to walk through different Psalms together throughout the summer. And then in the fall, we're going to get into the Sermon on the Mount, three chapters where it's straight up Jesus um, teaching in Matthew uh, 5, 6, and 7. So that's where we'll be in the fall. But right now, we're in Titus, wrapping it up together. And so let me just remind us where we've been, okay? Kind of to end well, let's just stop for a moment and look back at where we were two months ago when we started in Titus. Remember, we saw um, the big idea in week one is the healthy people of the one true God. They, they, They were called to live in light of the knowledge of truth which accords to godliness. Okay, simply put, what you believe will show up in how you live. And that God is forming a people individually and communally to live healthily, rightly, as we ought to, under the good news and rule of Jesus. And that's what we looked at. And then we got into healthy church leadership, elders. And we made some sense of something and a lot of times we don't understand, that, that a gift to his people is God established what local churches are supposed to look like and how we're supposed to function together under healthy church l- l- leadership. L's are hard for me, by the way. Um, and then, uh, And then week three, uh, we looked at adding anything to the gospel takes away from it, right? The, the adding to the gospel, even sometimes we think good works and whatever it might be, if you're adding that to the gospel rather than it flowing out of the gospel, you're now uh, no longer in the gospel, okay? And so we looked at that in week three. And then in week four, we talked about living out sound doctrine at home. And again, that word sound is the Greek word, Hygiano, where we get our word hygiene and that's healthy, but not healthy like we think about it, not CrossFit and gluten-free and all this stuff, but, but healthy as in sound, like as it's supposed to be, how God designed it, The Old Testament Hebrew word of shalom. Okay, that, that's what that's what that talks about and how we live together corporately as God's people and that was sound doctrine in the home or in the family and, and, and let me just explain again so we remember because we live in a little bit more of an individualistic society today and what we looked at there is that is, yes, the immediate family nucleus inside the home, like husband, wife, kids, you know, aunts, uncles, whatever. But this was a bigger idea of the family of God's people, that older men and older women and younger men and younger women and bond servants, that, that the wealthy and the poor and, and, and the full breadth, the diversity of God's people living together rightly, relating and, and, and reflecting the eclectic nature of God, okay, together. And that's where we were, and we looked at that. And then... In the next week, we looked at um, that we're now free to live from grace to glory. From the first coming of Jesus, the appearance of God's grace to the the second and final coming of Jesus. Um, From grace to glory, it's all of life, all for Jesus. And then we looked at um, that, that we're saved by grace. This is where we were two weeks ago. And remember, we talked about saved from sin and saved from self. And saved by grace and saved for life. And then that doesn't just leave us there, but then the next week in week seven, last week we looked at one verse that we're saved by grace and we're saved for works. That God rescues us and says, I forgive you, I accept you. Now come on, I've got some work for you to do. To be the light to the nations, the world needs to see what the healthy people of God look like. And then this week in our our, our final week in Titus in, in in week 8 there's a word but, right? It's always an important word in scriptures. And but we need to look at well what came before that. Because now it's uh, in a nutshell the this this title for this week is but don't be distracted. Or as the first verse kind of lends itself it could be like straight up don't be dumb. God has designed you and called you individually and communally to live and to flourish, to work and to proclaim and to demonstrate and to experience and to work out of the good news of Jesus. But don't be distracted. Picking right up together in verse in Verse 9. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law. For they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Avoid distraction. Right? And we like to talk about within the church all the distractions out there. But this is talking about the distractions that we produce within ourselves avoid them don't get caught up in them and this isn't a passive command like just kind of lay back and enjoy everything and then you know what not to do right just kind of ignore different stuff no this is like actively aggressively um, avoid like fight against anything that will distract you from the gospel and we we might sit here and be like of course no brainer right of course we're all here. We're you know we get it. We don't we don't we don't uh, like distractions. It's all out there. But if we're honest with ourselves, if we can be real with ourselves and with one another together, um, let's admit sometimes we revel in distractions. We revel in in gossip, in uh, in, in 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 senseless division. Uh, author and pastor Tim Chester. Um, who's actually English, so I'm going to go ahead and read to you in an English accent. No, I'm not really, but my mom's from England. Some of you guys know that. So you know he's smart, right, if he has an English accent. But he says some really, really helpful things for us that, that I think calls us out. It may be true that our preaching stresses the gospel, but our conversations so often stress controversy. The letters and emails that people write stress controversy. The points that people raise stress controversy. We agree on the kindness of the Father, the renewal of the Spirit, the grace of the Son, and the hope of eternal life. That's the gospel, the good news. And yet these things are excellent and profitable, but we put our energy into controversies, arguments, and quarrels. We do this even though Paul says such things are unprofitable and useless. Uh oh. Okay, too close, right? We say with our words, the gospel, theology, God the Father sending God the Son, accomplishing the work that you and I are not able to accomplish on our own, Jesus dying the death that you and I deserve to die uh, in our place on the cross, and then Jesus victoriously conquering sin, raising from the dead, and then ascending to the right hand of the Father and saying, I'm coming back. Glory will appear, and then sending God the Holy Spirit to empower us to live as his people. This is good news, and, and we want to uh, come here and lift our hands and, 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 and submit to Scripture and stand when we read it, and we want to be all about these things. But if we're real, what what does your Facebook say you're all about? What, what are your Instagram posts? What are, What are your dinner conversations? What is... Um, your side, your water cooler conversations at work, whatever it might be, what does that reflect about what you're all about? Because my, my gut is, for all of us, it, it's often controversy, it's often distraction it's often something that takes us away from the good news of Jesus and, 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 and gets in the way, and, and we give ourselves to it. And again here, the author, Paul, says, says don't. He says flee from this stuff. Flee from it, not passively. And then he goes on, right, and he gets into other people and, and not, just, not just kind of out there, but, but, but when we get into this stuff together, he says someone who stirs this, this stuff up, verse 10, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he's self-condemned. That's strong language. Come on, somebody. are you Like, what, what do you do, right? Do you just kind of sit there and wonder? Like, someone's talking trash. Someone's bringing up quarrels. Someone's, someone's bringing up stuff that's, that's divisive, and we don't know what to do with it. I don't want to create a culture where we're, you know, so uptight that we're going to get called out, that we're we're never sharing with one another, we're afraid, right? This isn't saying just talk about the weather and sports and don't get into real life with each other. But, but, But listen, if you know Jesus, look at me, if you know Jesus, God the Holy Spirit convicts you. Even right now, pray that he would, he would maybe clean out your ears and make it even easier to discern in the moment if you or someone else is stirring up division, is distracting from the gospel, right? We think of gossip and sometimes we like to church it up, right? And we say, hey, you could be praying for so-and-so because and then just fill in the blank, right? It's like free game now. We can just we can just talk trash all day because we said you can be praying for first. And and no, we are called out right here. That stuff is unprofitable. It's unhelpful. And then he uses that strong language. He says um he says that stuff is warped, sinful. So the the language used there even has a connotation of perversion. That stuff's perverted. It's a distraction and an assault on the gospel. So if you or someone else in our community are just getting excited about quarreling and gossip and and talking about other people in here or out there, call them out, warn them lovingly. Hey, this isn't helpful. What's your heart in this? Where are you coming from? Help me understand right here. Or even often, in my case, what it needs to be is, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you right now, I want to go there, but I just, I, I kind of feel like we shouldn't. You know, I'm, I'm convicted that that's not helpful right now. And, and have those awkward and hard conversations. Not in condemnation, not, okay, because I've been there, I've been, guys, <clears throat> this is uh, ungodly talk and uh, we should rise above this. Let me pray for us. And, you know, and then everyone's right, and it's like, no, that's not what it's all about. It's about reminding one another, lovingly spurring one another on to, to love and good deeds. And that's what this looks like in our RCs, our redemption communities, in our conversation, in our homes, in our families. Guys, I confessed to you two weeks ago, and I had to a couple times. Like, it's gonna keep on for a few more weeks. That, like, I, right? There's nothing to prove and nobody to impress here. Not as a, not as a, not to diminish my own sin. But I punched a wall in anger and had to share that, and that doesn't diminish the sin. But it's, hey, I, I need Jesus. Like, let let's grow together in light of the good news of the gospel. And so it could look that same way when we're having these conversations. Hey, I, I know. I know your heart, I know that you're not about stirring up division, so let's just not even go there together. And we can say, yeah, you're right. So let's get really practical. What, what are these foolish controversies? Um, in this day, right, in this time, he talks about genealogies and unprofitable and worth, worthless quarrels about the law. And, and, and you can translate. We can do those things too, right? High theology and what are the nuances of the Sabbath and what day the Sabbath ought to be. Now hear me on the front end, and I'll say this again on the back end. Guys, these are really important things. Okay, this never says like, just embrace a really watered down, easily palatable theology and never get into deep stuff. That's not at all what this is saying. Don't go there because that's not where the word has taken us. But, but what it is saying is don't let this stuff be your primary source of conversation. Don't let these quarrels, d- d- like, divide. Don't build your own kingdom upon these things. All right, what, what are some of those things? One could be, like, the nuances and the specifics of creation. And then another one could be the nuances and the specifics of the end times. All right, we know like stick to what scripture says. Says God created the heavens and the earth. He created humanity. God said, "Let us make man in our image," right? God God had a plan and a purpose. He formed humanity with his own hands intimately but then we could get really caught up in the nuances and the specifics and then the same is true with the in the end all right we know according to Matthew 24 that Jesus will return and and that Jesus will make new what has been been broken and Jesus will judge the living and the dead and Jesus will physically appear and will and will and will uh, rule and reign over a physical real kingdom for all eternity we know that But, you know, exactly when that's going to happen and what comes before it and what comes after it, that's important stuff. Hear me say that. But that's not ultimate stuff. And sometimes what we do, if you've ever been to one of our membership classes, you've heard us talk about center set and boundary set. Okay, if you could picture, like on a chalkboard or whatever, I just said chalkboard, I'm old, okay, um, if you could picture a chalkboard or a PowerPoint or whatever it might be, and um, if you've got a cross, right, and so to be center set means you start with the gospel, and every conversation flows out from there, okay, you're looking, what, what is good, what is true, what, where are the scriptures, it begins and ends and is always informed by Jesus, lived, Come, died, buried, resurrected. And then from there, creation, end times. Every other thing is important but is informed by that. But then if the alternative to that is boundary set. okay, Picture like four, four lines around the cross. And what we're saying there is we can't get to this stuff until we get through these things. right? The first conversation is going to be this stuff and then eventually we'll get to the gospel. But, but first we, we have to agree on all, these, all of these things. And, and those are the theological ones, but there's some really, really practical ones too. Okay, some of you guys might have been even hurt in the church about things like this. About choice of schools. Okay, those of you, who, those of us who have young kids, our children's ministry is blowing up right now. We have tons and tons of young kids, and it's and we're a, a, many of those kids are in that, at that age, right, where they're transitioning about preschool. And man, we lived in a really academic town before we came here. Not that Tucson's not that, but um, it was like this white collar, super intellectual town, and literally are like, like nine-month-old triplets we have triplets and they were in a massive stroller so that just attracted people and literally people would be like oh are they do they speak latin yet do they do they read yet and we're like the nine-month-old like who me no not yet that's like on my bucket list but (laughs) you know and that's and sometimes it gets like that and then it's like oh you're not homeschooling your kids oh oh so you hate your kids wow okay Or, you know, you're, or, or right, like we, or you don't send your kids to public school, so you hate other people, you hate society, you want to withdraw, it's like, no, wow, I didn't know that was the only alternative, right, and we get there, this is what we're talking about here, vain divisiveness that gets in our way how you raise your parents baby wise right versus you know attachment theory versus there's all kinds of stuff and we right john calvin famously said that that the human heart is an idol factory what that means is we can turn anything into an ultimate thing. And what Paul is saying here in this letter to a young church planter about how God's people thrive together as the church, the healthy church of the one true God, is he said, don't turn anything into an ultimate thing. Stick to Jesus and have these conversations, but don't get, let them get in the way. And just to, just to hit it home a little bit more, If we're real with ourselves, what we do with these things is we build ourselves up. We use our theology. We use our hobbies. We use the things that we care about. And we build up our own little personal kingdoms. And if you hear anything from here, if you hear anything from this pulpit, if you hear anything when you read the scriptures, it's that Jesus has come to save you from you. I said, Jesus has come to build his kingdom. Because the true story is there is one kingdom that has come and one kingdom that is still coming, and it's the kingdom of Jesus, making new what has been broken, restoring God's rule over every facet of life. And the good news and in the invitation of the gospel is repent and believe. Give your life to Jesus to be rescued and to be uh, uh, invited into living for his kingdom. And sometimes our quarrels and our divisions reflect that we're more about our own individual kingdoms. He says, have nothing to do with it. Avoid them and call one another out when you're tempted to go down that road. To be a distraction from Jesus and his work and what he's doing. And then in, uh, in verse... In verse uh, 12, it looks like he switches gears, but this is important for us, okay? He gets, he kind of, he, he says, now when I send Artemis and pick a kiss to you, you know, do your best to come to me, and then he gives all these, all these, all these, like, g- greetings and important, important reminders to Titus, and what we can do with this, okay, we can get into that and all the nuances, but the main point of this is, guys, remember what we said at the very beginning, we're reading someone else's mail. This is real life stuff. The the Bible is almighty God, creator of heavens and earth, the alpha, the beginning, and the omega, the end, laying out his truth for his people in real time, real historical narrative. And we're tempted to, 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 to take the gospel. We're tempted to take all the stuff I just said, all the stuff that was in that quote from Tim Chester, right? The God the Father, sending God the Son, sending God the Spirit, illuminating the human heart, um, regenerating us from death to life, um, opening eyes, removing the veil, uh, all these in. Incredibly important theological truths, and what this needs to remind us of, right there in these, in 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 verses 12 and 13, is this. This is this is real life stuff. This is like get your theology out of the vacuum and bring it onto the street. Bring it into your home. Bring it into your workplace. Bring it into your own heart. Bring it into your living room. Bring it into your bedroom. Bring it into your parenting. Bring it into your your consuming. Bring it into your conversation. Bring it into your your Facebook. Bring it into your your social media. Saturate your life with the gospel because we're reminded right there that that the word of God was given in real life context. Okay, unlike any other religion, right? Islam would say to you that that God kind of sat back there and then through an angel um, communicated all in one sitting to one guy who just sat there and downloaded it and then went out and just wrote it all down and then said, Here it is. But God, the true God of the Bible, the creator of the heavens and earth, gave his word that is profitable for teaching and for rebuke and for correction in every aspect of life. And then he, he ends this picking up in verse 14. He says, and let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. What's the point of all this? What's the point of this last two months? What's the point of Paul, who went to Crete, an island off of Greece, and started a bunch of churches, and then left a young man, Titus, ...to help make some sense of these churches. Very similar to you and me today. A new church... ...new families... ...broken families... ...people struggling through life... ...people trying to figure it out... ...people trying to figure out their calling... ...trying to figure out their job... ...trying to figure out what they're going to do with life. And we're tempted to... ...to to separate all this... ...and to figure all this out... ...and the point of this whole thing is... ...no, this is a street-level good news of Jesus that's meant to tell you and to show you how to live your real life. He says, let our people devote themselves to these things. Help cases of urgent need. And don't be unfruitful. As the healthy people, the people living rightly under the rule and reign of Jesus, flourishing together, living it out together, remember that God doesn't leave you in the courtroom and say, I forgive you and I accept you, but he sends you and me out into the streets, into the world, together, to be reminded that people are in need. We are in desperate need. And everyone in this entire world, everyone in this city, everyone that we're tempted to talk about, everyone that we're, we're tempted to separate from is in desperate need. Desperate need. To hear the good news of Jesus proclaimed Romans, how are they to hear unless somebody tells them? How are they to, to, to tell unless they are sent? People need to hear the good news of Jesus, all right? They're not just going to look at us and be like, man, that person just bought me coffee. I should probably repent and confess my sins and give my life to Jesus. Right, That's not how it works. People need to hear the good news of Jesus proclaimed. And also, be encouraged and be compelled. People need to see the good news of Jesus demonstrated. I don't know your story. I don't know what you're doing. But whatever it is, if you are a barista slinging coffee, if you are a coach of your kid's baseball team, if you are an engineer... If you are a stay-at-home mom, if you're a student, if you are a customer, whatever it might be, remember, we are in a world that has no clue what it looks like to flourish under the rule and reign of our Creator. People need to hear that and they need to see it through how we live our lives individually and how we relate with one another together, corporately. And people are in desperate need to experience the good news of Jesus through the good works of his people. Right? Remember, that has been a constant theme throughout this whole book. Save by grace and connect those dots. Save for good works. Right? The, the, the whole story of this book from cover to cover, beginning to end, is this. That God is establishing a people for himself who will be a light to the nations. As, as, as it says in, 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 in Genesis chapter 12, one day I will form a people, I will establish a name who will be a blessing to the entire uh, world, to every family, to every nation, to every tribe, to every tongue. And then we see that fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus in Philippians. And then Matthew says, or I'm sorry, Jesus says in Matthew, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if you lose your effectiveness, you're then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city set upon a hill that cannot be easily hidden. And he says, when, when and this is Jesus talking, when people light a lamp, they don't put it under a basket, but they put it on top of a lampstand, and from there it gives light to all who are in the household. So let your light shine before others, so that seeing your good works, they will glorify your Father in heaven. We're living in a world that is desperate for good works, for good news displayed, proclaimed, and lived out. Lived out by God's people, by you and by me and by us together. Knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. Good grace, which translates into good works. Flourishing together as God's people, the healthy people, the right people of the one true God, the true and trustworthy God. Just imagine for a minute what does that look like for us to live in light of that. We've just spent two months looking at it. What what does it look like for us to be distracted by that? Will you pray with me as we close that that we would not be distracted? That the Holy Spirit would convict us to live together as God's people. Where in our everyday lives, guys, we, like imagine this with me. God is glorified. And other people are blessed. And in that, you and I find our joy. And then Paul ends this whole thing by saying, grace be with you all. Let's pray that we would flourish as the healthy people of the one true God. Grace be to us all. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, thank you for your good news. Lord, thank you for, uh, that, that it, it applies to us individually. Lord, if anyone is here this morning and they don't know you, they've never uh, put their faith in you, Lord. They don't understand that you created them intimately and purposefully. Lord, that you know every number of their heads, that you created them, you knit them together in their mother's womb. Lord Jesus, that you have said, I will never leave you and never forsake you. Lord, that you have called us and you have said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Lord, if there's anyone here who has never entered into a personal relationship with you, I pray that this would be the day that they would trust in you. Lord, I pray that they would respond Right now, have the opportunity to go and to pray with somebody. Lord, to indicate on a connect card, I want to know more about this, Jesus. I want to know more about this life that I'm called to live alongside others as God's people. And Lord, I pray that we will not be unchanged. I pray that Redemption Tucson, as we enter into this summer and all that we have up ahead here, Lord, I pray that we would, 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 would proclaim and demonstrate and live out the good news of Jesus and all that we do and we pray the, these things in his perfect name amen